Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch, though, go to our Facebook group, HyperClean Specialists, interact with us there, or shoot us a text direct, 918-800-1188. And as we get into uh, reliving for just a moment of uh, the biggest game on the planet, I'm going to dive into a nice cold beer because it's time for a little buy and sell with Super Bowl edition. Nick, what are you buying and selling with the Super Bowl? Jesus, I'm selling the NFL. I don't know how people watch it. Obviously, no. I watch a lot. <laughs> no. I, 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 I watch a ton of fights like UFC, boxing, that kind of thing. I, you know, the game's rolling along. And look, I grew up like everyone else. It was a big part of my life. And, you know, went to, you know, come from a place where 30, 40, 50, 60,000 at a high school game. So, you know, everybody calm down. I just can't stand the flags in an important moments. You know, and that's what the NFL has turned into. Coming down to the game, magically the team that built the $5 billion stadium, magically the team that was hosting the Super Bowl just starts getting flags out of nowhere on the final drive there and just ruins the experience for me. Now, you know, luckily we had some bets in, you know, Jess and I had some prop bets in, we're having fun watching the game. But for those of you that can't bet large sums of money on the game, why watch the NFL? I, I don't understand it. It's such a bad product. It takes so long. The commercials are so long. It, it's just like, it's not that good. And I wish it were because that was a big part of me growing up, but I'm out. Like, it's just not that entertaining for me. Poorly coached game, I thought. And, you know, I mean, I think Matthew Stafford had like a 39 QB rating. Like, this, this isn't good. So, hey, I, I'm out. Like, you know, st stop with the flags. You know, one of my buddies is a referee in the NFL, so that group text was real hot last night come the fourth quarter. These dudes were relentless. What was his take? Oh, he always – he's like anybody that's in a union. He, take, he, he doesn't think they ever make the wrong mistake. So, he's just – you know, it's, he's, he's a very nice guy, but he never – they never own up to it. And, and I've, I've always said there's, there's one easy way to make – NFL referee or any referee or umpire accountable in the post game. They talk to the players and they talk to the coaches. There's another party in the game that never gets questioned. And it's the referees. Why don't the referees have to go to the podium and take heat time and time again, they're just allowed to go to their locker room and they go home. Like, Hey, we'll, we'll tell you if we made a mistake, like a week later, it's like, no, we all watched you. The linebacker play where they called the pass interference, that was ridiculous. I mean, even Chris Collins works like, oh, you know, they called it. That's I what know. I was going to say. Yeah. I, when you were done, that's what I was going to say. Because Chris Collins, where they go, oh, I don't know. You know, the way yeah, he always does it. Of course. I don't know. And, you know, of course. And, and then this is what pisses me off. He's not allowed to say what everybody wants him to say because right. the NFL would come unglued. And they would probably ban NBC from getting the game again if he said what should have been said right there. So all of it just appears phony to me. And when you come from a sport where I spend most of my time watching UFC when I have free time and boxing, where it's just regulated violence, 
And then I watch every little thing get, you know, oh, this guy touched this guy. It's like, dude, the game is just, I don't know. It's fun to hang out with your family, you know, have some wings. That that part of the Super Bowl will always be the fun part, but the game is just, it's horrible. And if you don't have lots of money on it, I don't know how you, I, I, if we hadn't, if we didn't have bets on it, there's no chance I'm watching that game. None. Uh, yeah, I did it for the entertainment, of course. Uh, I thought it was cool to see all the different uh, celebrities in every single commercial. I don't know that I've ever seen that before, so that was interesting. Uh, we did wings also. I smoked some, and then I put some on the grill. And then we had like a little bar, in a sense, tasting bar, where I, you know, let them all try different types of wings and different flavors and different stuff going on. What a lot of dry rubs, but then found out my girlfriend she likes uh, she likes the that sauce stuff like ooh, like put sauce all over my wings i'm like uh come on really what about uh, yeah. you what were your wings like uh we did uh sriracha garlic uh wings so pretty basic i don't like i like sauce on my wings but not drippy sauce i like it just where it's very like almost glazed where it's it's on the wing but it's not excessive um you know i like dry as well but it, it was all in the smoker i just dumped the whole bowl you know i had a big metal bowl i just flung it in the smoker and said let's set it and forget it here um which is the best part of having a big smoker for me in my backyard but look man uh that part is is you know you and i were joking earlier on the phone you know what's become enjoyable is it is a time every year where i sit down phone kind of goes away you're just kind of having and if you if you are looking at your phone you're texting buddies about the game or somebody's making a joke or whatever. Uh, you know, for me, I still can't sit through the commercials. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I've been so programmed, like, let's fast forward this, that I, I just don't think commercials are as funny as they used to be. They're just not funny. Now, there's a lot of star power, but it's like, it's not funny. Where are the jokes? Where are the, you know, what's up? Where, where is all that stuff? Like, it just... it everything makes you depressed. It's like, dude, what, what is this? Except the new Bud Light. Jeez, the Bud Light Zero. God, we got to go out and get some of that, right? Like, Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't see it. What is it? I don't know. It's just some Bud Light beer that they came out with. That's the point of commercials. You still don't really even know what, what it was. And I, I'm generally that way. And my girlfriend actually walks up to me because I'm standing up watching the commercials and she's like, you know, what was it? Yeah, commercials, but it's a Super Bowl. We we watch the commercials in the Super Bowl. Like that's that's what you do. Like <laughs> that's part yeah, of it. So for me, I listen, I'm I'm buying and selling at the same time. All right. I'm buying the halftime show like everybody else. Like, I mean, it starts jamming. He's going up, you know, everybody start and you know, my girlfriend hops up. We start dancing right in the middle of the living room, like we're having <laughs> a good time, like enjoying it. But Listen, I'm not sure if that was really Eminem. I mean, that guy had his head down the entire time. Cool to see everybody on stage. Cool to see, you know, and I'm guessing, right, you know, L.A., you know, that's why all these guys yeah. are here. But it is interesting to see the journey through their careers because, oh, damn, 20 years ago, these guys were hooligans that you thought they were about to get arrested for all the shit they were doing, right? Like, and now they're mainstream media dancing around on the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. hell yeah, Hanging that's, that's awesome. Martha Stewart. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm hanging out with yeah. Martha Stewart. There's you could see, there was some people that posted videos and memes and stuff of uh, uh, everybody lighting up before they walked up on stage. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. was hitting it before they go. So, but I'm selling. Here's what here's what I'm selling. I'm selling the meme that all the detailers are putting out that has them. Listen, I think it's just badass. They got cars. It's cool that the car industry is now in the Super Bowl, but the meme going around about the people standing on the cars and it's like, God yeah. damn it, I get it, but Here, come on. Like, here's a, here's a funny thing. I actually completely forgot about the halftime show and I didn't see some of the uh, prelims from the UFC fight the night before. I just spaced on the, on the halftime show. So baby's running around, you know, she's getting to the age, she's everywhere. So I flip on some of the prelims that I missed. I, dude, I missed the whole halftime show. I didn't even didn't even come to my brain because it's like I'm just not conditioned. So then I got buddies texting me and I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I, I go, I hope it was good. I never I, I just you I just spaced out. That's all. Last year's was so fucked up, man. Last year. Well, well, here's the thing. Once they had the Rolling Stones, I was out. They're 150 years old. You know, I don't want to see it. I'm done. OK, the Rolling Stones stink. Bon Jovi stinks. I'm not trying to see that shit. So ever since those guys were getting, you know, that's kind of the route they went that like super mainstream, like half rocker guy. I, I, I've been kind of out. So I totally forgot. You want to talk about an argument in our house? Boy, oh boy. Missing that halftime show. It didn't hit her head. Didn't hit. She's getting texts after the show's over. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm sitting here watching these idiots in a cage and we missed it. And, blah. and I'm like, ah, yeah, that was a mistake. Big, big L over here. But I got to see the fights that I missed. So, you know, tough luck. Hey, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we want to dive in today, which is an interesting little journey. Also, it's the journey of where ceramic coatings have gone. And, you know, we've begin this discussion of asking people what they think of the future of ceramic coatings and interesting at mobile tech. Uh, we had a we had a, a quite a few interesting comments that were made, and over the past years, you know, it's been listen, it's been a little berserk, right? It's been crazy. 16, 17, 18, those were everybody was doing just whatever they wanted, right? I mean, it was throw up a building and slap on whatever, and it was just like you could do this, and it was it to see the amount of people getting into coatings and growing their businesses dramatically was fun to watch. At the same time. I always put out, hey guys, yo, careful, you know, hey, 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 future wise, one, two, and three years, not to say that five wouldn't do it, but one, two, and three is, is where we ought to be. And then over the past year or so, uh, definitely in 2020, no doubt that Corona definitely switched some things for people. We now have this emergence of lifetime coatings. And listen, Rennie was on the episode. Everybody's heard it now. It's one of our fastest trending episodes, doing really well. We're talking entrepreneurism, but I asked Rennie at the end what he thinks of uh, coatings, where they go in the futures. Everybody can go back and listen to it. It's not my words, it's his. He outright says ceramic coatings are BS. Sorry, sorry, lifetime coatings are BS. And I kind of sat there a little bit like, okay, interesting that you would say that, given the people that were kind of right beside us, given the people that he shakes hand with all the time in his association. Uh, you know, the people that he's involved around with might not like what he had to say. And he outright called him bullshit like that. It was really kind of interesting dynamic for him to say that uh, real or fake. I, I don't know, man. It, it, 
let's well, let's he, dive he, in. Well, let's dive well, into well, the lifetime said, conversation. He, he, he said something else a little different. Okay. After that, he goes. The conversation then goes to, hey, we need to start holding this accountable. We need to start holding the industry accountable. You bring up the association to them. Hey, you're in an association. We're in an association. It's supposed to be looking out for the industry. Why aren't they stepping up? That's sort of where the conversation went. These are not my words. Go listen to the episode. He says, Hey, you know, on my end, I'm going to really start talking about this with people. And, you know, Marty, if you're, if you're team of people that you're around and you start talking about it and we start talking about, it, we can actually make a difference here. Let's hope those are true words. Because what happens in this little podcasting thing, this little content game we're in, is people a lot of times say a lot of things and then don't want to stand behind it later on. I mean, we got a laundry list of people uh, over the years that would that would surprise many uh, that, that, that just aren't willing to put their name to these types of conversations. I don't want to just jump into the lifetime coding alone. I, I want to jump into where we are with ceramic coatings. You know, where are we really at? And... I kind of want to start talking about the habit our industry has of blaming people outside the industry. Oh, if the customers just listen to us, they'd be fine. Customers are the idiots in this. I mean, Marty, how many times do you see that in a Facebook group? How many times do you see reputable people saying that a lot? You know, if customers just did this and this and listen to us, what if a customer goes to a post that was widely shared. And I had about a billion people reach out to me last week goes to a post and a guy is talking about putting a boat coating on a car. Is that reputable? And then that boat coating is not enough. You need to put a car coating on top of that boat coating because that makes it last longer. But then a year later, you need to put another coating on top of those two coatings. Is that reputable? Because those are the same guys that will be pissed off about somebody setting fire to a car hood and saying, oh, that's hurting ceramics. But the boat coating with another coating on top of it, with another coating on top of it a year later, that's that's all cool. So you mentioned hurting coatings, right? That, that has been a thought over the past years was when, and listen, we had even one of the other comments that was made when I asked the question and they talked about the ceramic coating bubble bursting, right? You know, there's, there's always this theory that that's, and that's something we've said too, right? Like the craziness that's been around, everything that's developed over the past years, where, where are we? Like you said, right? Like what happens? Where do we go? What, where, where is the confusion? Because as I began to put things out into groups years ago, I talked about why we should be in the direction of where we're at at Hyperclean one, two, and three years, possibly doing five. It's still in that ballpark, right? But why should you ever go with all this craziness and everybody was doing it? There was nobody talking about it. And now suddenly people want to go, Hey, this has gotten out of fault? control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, oh, who, now everybody. Who, who's at fault? Now. Because back then, back then they would tell us, hey, it's the car washes. Oh, we're seeing all these car washes have ceramic coatings. I'm like, yeah, dude, we posted about that two plus years ago. They're, they're going to do it. No, no you it, don't it, always get these big tickets. And hey, what what about the ceramic coatings that are sold at the auto parts store? Or Walmart? Yeah. What, what about the guy that's trying to tell people to put a boat coating on a car? Like, yeah, where do we go? How do we mix through? All this craziness. Yeah, it's such a good question. And this is why Rennie's statement is important. 
right? And remember, that's where this conversation jumps off is somebody came on our platform and made a very bold statement. Let's hold everybody to that statement, which is we need to start having this conversation. What every detailer listening to us believes is there's some F11 type guy out there and he's destroying the ceramic industry. Well, there's reputable companies that set cars on fire. They're reputable. Bunch of detailers install it. Bunch of high-end detailers install it. They set the car on fire. Is F11 responsible for, for the detailer installing that coating? What about the detailers that are installing a boat coating on a car and then putting a car coating on top of the boat coating and then saying that's all for the maximum amount of protection, but a year later, you got to put another coating on top of those two coatings. So all those people installing that system, they're reputable, but the guy setting the car on fire isn't reputable. When in the world have we said install a boat coating on a car and nobody scratches their head and goes, eh, you know, that might be a little strange. No, we're just going to hit the like button. But we think it's this far off land of people at O'Reilly's Auto Parts destroying the ceramic industry. Have you seen the companies that sell at O'Reilly's? They're not schmucks. Is McGuire's a bunch of schmucks? They sell there. So what are you buying from McGuire's? Turtle Wax had all the big time YouTubers come on, right? Yeah. And, and again, we want to bang on the YouTube detailer. But what if we're installing from a company that sets cars on fire? Or we're installing a boat coating on cars. Everyone else is to blame? When are we going to look at ourselves, man? This is the thing I didn't hear from your Billy and, and Rennie episode. And I'm not picking on anybody in the episode. I'm making a statement here. When do we talk about personal responsibility in this thing? When, when do we talk about that? You're putting a boat coating on a car and you want to make fun of somebody else over here. You got another thing coming, dude. I've never put a boat coating on a car. I've never had to. The Asian technology back in 2003 was more advanced than that in ceramics. That was a single layer system. Most of the initial ceramic coating technology was single layer. And most of those elite companies that build the product that they carry out of Japan is still single layer. Now, can you choose to put a second layer on? You can choose it, but they actually advocate you don't do that. Please don't do that is exactly what they'll tell you in an email. You can make the choice to do that, but detailers and detailing companies alike always point the finger at the boogeyman. This person over here is doing this. We're always worried about the hack detailer in our area. Marty, how many times we get that brought up to us? Oh, the $50 detailers destroying my city. You put on a coating that's for boats. That guy's the problem? You've taken this awesome thing for our industry called ceramic coating, and you've started to bastardize it. And it hasn't been these horrible companies. It's been, quote, unquote, reputable people and reputable companies. My guess is it's going to be very hard for a guy like Rennie Doyle to say these things. That'd be my guess. We'll see if he stands to his word. But he's going to have to say some things against some people 
that he hangs out with, that he pals around with, which is fine. But I am, I got so many messages about this Instagram post last week and, and everybody's dumbfounded at what's going on, but never wants to just stop and say, dude, I'm installing coatings for a company that lights a car on fire, but the hack down the street's a hack and I'm not, come on, man. Like some people have got to just turn the mirror around a little bit and go, uh, I kind of let this thing get away from me. And now I'm down a road that's a little strange. It's tough sometimes to look in the mirror and analyze that, right? It is tough for us to go, whoa, because I'm making pretty, maybe quote unquote, I'm making pretty good money, right? I mean, yeah. or, you know, I'm, I'm looking at these guys on Instagram or on Facebook groups and, and they've got this logo of somebody else on their shirt and their hat and they got this logo all around their shop and oh, their shop's busy. So Hey man, this, this, this guy's doing it. So I, I should do it too, I guess. Right. I mean, if I look in the mirror and question it, it's hard to question if that guy that I'm seeing is making some money at it. So how do I look at myself and, and analyze it then? Well, look, I, I always tell people about my five-year coding experience. I was installing coatings back in 2010. Many of you weren't even in the industry and many of you never experienced those early coatings. And they were, again, go back to like 2003, coatings were around. Okay. So we may not have had access to them, but parts of the world had access to coatings. So I, I look at people and I say this all the time. I put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five-year coatings on cars. I had to see for my own eyes. And guess what? I had to look at some customers and say, this product failed you. I failed you. This wasn't the right thing for you. It's water spotted to hell. Everybody remembers those early coatings. They would water spot if you just looked at them. It felt like. I had to learn from my experiences. This isn't me pointing a finger at everyone else and say, hey, I've never made a mistake. Sure, I have. I put five-year coatings on customers' car that didn't perform well. That didn't, they weren't a great customer experience. That's the greatest thing about being in 2022 in the ceramic market. You shouldn't be having bad ceramic experiences. But in 2010, 11, 12, 13, let me tell you, try sanding a whole door. That's a bad experience. Try sanding an entire car because of the way somebody did an installation. <laughs> that, that's not pleasant. Technology is supposed to advance. But now what we're saying is the guy lighting the car on fire is a knucklehead, but the guy putting a boat coating and a car coating on top of the boat coating, telling you about the durability of the coating, and then a year later putting another coating on top of that system, that guy's not lighting the car on fire, but what's the difference? Or what about the guy telling you about the 25 to lifetime coating? That, that guy's above board? Where are we here? We thought 2016 was wild. We're now in a place, and again, this is going to put some guys in a tough spot with some things they said on this podcast. What about a one-year coating you can come back a day later and wipe it off? That's not how the chemistry works of a coating, folks. There's a hardener in there. How long does it take for the hardener to set in that coating? Or is there not coating in that coating bottle? That could be a tough spot for some people that made some claims on this podcast. When are we going to talk about it? But if you're doing business with these companies, you're, you're a part of it. Nobody's perfect. 
And that's not what I'm trying to say here. But everybody will bang on the YouTube guy. Everybody will bang on the company putting out cars, lighting cars on fire or striking them with a lighter or whatever. But we don't shrug our shoulders at a boat coating on a Lincoln Navigator? What's the difference? Who's responsible? Is it us? I mean, it's got to be us, right? I mean, we're the installers. The detailers have to have some responsibility in this just because you watched somebody online or just because you watched a really great video or maybe you took somebody's training or maybe some guys talked to you. I get it. I totally understand it. At one point in time, I did the same thing. I shook somebody's hand and go, hell yeah, let's do this. I'm excited, right? Yeah. And there comes a day of reckoning when you have to make a choice in business. Which direction do you continue to go against your customer and against the best experience or for your customer and the best experience? There's got to be a time that us as detailers take a look in the mirror and analyze our quote unquote, we want to talk about business now. Suddenly everybody wants to talk about business. Great. Let's talk about business. Which is best for your customer? Well, the best thing for your customer is going to eventually be the best thing for your business. So the best thing for your customer isn't a boat coating on a car. So is it our responsibility, Nick? Is it I mean our responsibility as detailers? Is it the brand's responsibility? Whose responsibility well, is it to put out the right stuff? Well, look, well, let's be honest about something. We had a wheel cleaner that wasn't up to our specifications, yes or no. We knew it wasn't a good so is it really tough when you have thousands of dollars in inventory to say, hey, man, uh, this has got to get dumped down the drain? You made, the, you made the mistake, right? It wasn't up to par. Are you going to rectify it or are you going to still look in that warehouse at something that's not up to par, right? This isn't a judgment on everyone else. I'm telling you I've made mistakes. Marty's made mistakes. Every detailer listening to this has made mistakes. But what nobody wants to do is say, I got no problem going with the flow and picking on the guy lighting the car on fire. But yet one of the guys in the group is installing from that company that's lighting the car on fire. Would they be lighting the car on fire if they went out of business? Who buys their coatings? Quote, unquote, reputable detailers. I just had this incident I shared with you last week working on some race cars. The owner of the race car shop got fooled because somebody could buy a certain brand of film for PPF. Their work was horrific. Plain and simple. Don't know the people, you know, watched them be unprofessional around me. Don't want to say the name of the business. Don't know anything about them. Owner of the shop comes up to me and goes, what do you think of this? I said, ah, you know, look, man, you hired him. I don't know what you paid him to do. He goes, it's horrible. What are we going to do? We leave in a week. I said, well, you only got one thing to do, Marty. You got to pull it all off and install it properly. He goes, well, they have the best film that can be bought. I said, well, actually, I have the most limited film in Vegas. Only me and another shop can carry it. There's like 15 of those shops and a corporate store here. You don't know what you're talking about because somebody told you online that's great film. Or maybe they invest in the racetrack, so you like that film because they're a publicly traded company? He looks at me. That's what spawned this, this thing in my head to have this conversation today because I, then I get sent 
an Instagram post that's bizarre beyond belief talking about boat coatings and whatnot. Then I get, you know, constantly get questions about what I think they should, people should do with their ceramic. And I got to make this change and that change. And we're just at a place, man, where guys get on the internet and they start to believe craziness and they never, it never dawns to them. Hey, I'm working on this really nice Honda Odyssey van that my customer paid a lot of money for. Man, vans are expensive. Let me slap a boat coating on it. Man, what an awesome idea. And then I'm going to put a car coating. It's like, it never occurred to that detailer. And that's the same one in the Facebook group talking about the hacks in his area. But that's not a hack move. Buffer trails are the only way you can be a hack. Is that, is that the rule of the game here? Installing a coating that doesn't even go on a car, that's not a hack move. Lighting a car on fire, that's a hack move. Boat coating on a car, not a hack move. Where do we draw the line? This is the interesting thing. It's uncomfortable. This is an uncomfortable conversation. Going to be a lot of people that message me and have real uncomfortable you know, uh, thoughts with this. This isn't a judgment. I put on five-year coatings that were not great customer experiences. I had to look myself in the mirror and say, no more. I bought into this. It doesn't work as it's supposed to be. The technology wasn't there back then. So did I make a mistake? Yeah. But once I realized it was a mistake, if I don't change course, doesn't that kind of make, isn't that the definition of a hack? If somebody doesn't learn from their mistakes, isn't that how hacky behavior, like continuing to put buffer trails all over a car happens because you never actually learn from putting buffer trails on a car. So what's the difference in the coding game? We're allowed to make fun of the person that's setting the car on fire, but we're not allowed to make fun of the guy putting a boat coating on a car and then layer another coating because it's super durable. But then a year later, I got to put another coating on top. That guy's not somebody we should judge, but the guy setting the car on fire. Or what about the guy in the 25 to life coding game? Because that's a really reputable company. Not some fringe F11 type. I've, Marty, you and I did the math. I've, I've had been responsible for over 20,000 cars in my career through my business or individually. I've never found one single car that's 25 to life for a coding. I've never even taken care of one. So that is the interesting part, right? Because what is the long-term effect? If I'm a detailer, say I'm a young guy, or I'm just young in business, or hell, I'm 10 years in now, right? I just, I've been doing this other thing for 10 years. I didn't know any better, right? You know, what's the long-term effects of being linked with these brands that put out such bad information? You know, it, is it bad for our business? Because some guys are going to look at us and go, hey, man, my business is doing great. Other guys, yeah. they've messaged us, right? They've messaged us and they're like, oh man, this is, <laughs> oh, I'm not doing well. This is not going good. And then we get the people that message us and like, dude, ever since I started using dose, I'm killing it and I'm killing yeah. it and I'm killing it and they don't stop killing it. Yeah, it's, that, that's such a good question because I don't know other than I say to myself, this is not good customer experience for my people, the people that trust me. That's the only way I know about going about it. But let's look at it a different way. If you're putting a lifetime coating on a car because you want maximum protection for that car, that's your defense. It's not any more chemical resistant, by the way. It's not any, I mean, you can only get to a certain point with that stuff. So that, that's all a fallacy. So 
it never hits your brain that maybe I should have just put paint protection foam on. <laughs> it never hits your brain. Like instead of putting a boat coating, then a car coating, then a coating a year later, shouldn't that may have been just a paint protection film job. <laughs> we sell coatings here. I want you to buy coatings from Hyperclean, but there's going to be some times that I go, Hey bud, you're putting 48 layers of tray on. Isn't going to be better than putting paint protection film on. There's a hierarchy of paint protection. And I know that everybody has uh, messed up by putting correction and protection in the same boat. So let's talk about simple paint, paint protection. Wax, then sealants, then ceramic coatings, then paint protection film. Is that pretty accurate? So if I put on a 25-year coating, I probably should have put paint protection film on rather than that coating. Instead, before I put a boat coating on, then a car coating on, then another coating a year later, maybe I should have just put film on because I didn't really trust my coating system. That's why I put 75 layers of it on, all of which are not going to be accepted. The majority of it's going to be rejected. That's just the chemistry of it. Chemistry of it is you're just wiping coating on that's never going to do anything. It's just going to be rinsed away or wiped away by a towel. But when do we make the leap and say, Maybe this shouldn't be ceramic coating and this should be film. If this guy wants maximum protection, ceramic is not maximum protection. It's a level of protection, right? But it doesn't serve hyper clean for me to tell that truth, does it? I just should sell you a 58 layer coating and swear that your car can't even get in a car wreck because we're just making bizarre claims. Who cares if it's true? And let me explain something to you. Putting a coating on a car is not painting a wall. Those things do not have the same thing in common. One is absorbent paper. The other is metal. That, that, isn't, that isn't something we should say. It's not the same thing. If I'm listening to this and I go, all right, whether or not I'm, I'm in the boat, out of the boat, on the wagon, off the wagon, whichever you want to be. But... It, inside you go yeah i get it and you begin to look around to the industry and you're in these groups and you're you're around talking to everybody at what point in time do you make a stand right like there's got to be a point like we said a second ago where you do that in your own business and you're going to look at it and go best customer experience has to go this way but then I would think, and I would imagine with the amount of people that are inside the groups, the amount of people that really love cleaning cars and really don't want the bubble to burst, they, they really don't want the industry to go in such a bad direction. But maybe some of these people are going to begin to take their own stand in the groups. And let me tell you, it's not easy, but it actually is a lot of fun. And let me explain that. It's not easy because even though you have the different opinion than many others, They'll come at you with all kinds of things, sayings or data or statistics, or they'll prove shit of, oh, it sells in mine or, you know, hey, here's this, this. Okay, cool. It's, it's really for the betterment of the industry that there begins to be some discussions because those people are misleading away a lot of growth that could happen maybe in your own business, maybe in your own town. Because listen, Growth in your own town is good. As the tide rises, you should rise and your ship should rise. Having a good market in your town that's not scamming people 
is good for everybody's business. So where does a detailer begin to take these stands against them? And as I did it, people would come against me, but then others would chime in and agree with me. And that's the cool part about community. So if you guys need help with this, listen, tag me in and I'm, I'm willing to help into these groups and, and chat about it. The fun one was about a year ago when we almost got them kicked out was this group that kept calling their sealant a coating. And they would go into the groups and say, hey, you know, this coating can do this and this coating will do that. And then you look at it and you go, listen, that's a polymer sealant. It even says on the fucking website. And so we got a lot of those people actually kicked out. You know, a lot of us stood up and began to make a stand for the industry. That is better for the industry if we define it, if we keep everything legit. So whether it's lifetime coatings or a sealant, that's suddenly a coating or boat coatings on a car. There's got to be a point where you take a little bit of a stand for the industry. Like I said, feel free to chime me in on it. I'm glad to help that out. Yeah, I, I like that. But I would also say that doesn't mean you have to do that. What if you're doing business with somebody that's talking crazy? They're destroying this thing, right? This, we're talking about this, this really profitable thing that entered our industry called ceramic coating. Let's forget all the other services we provide. Nobody's destroyed ceramic coatings besides detailers and detailing chemical companies. Nobody else has been responsible for the ups and downs. Nobody else has been responsible for the problems that we face and the great thing. Nobody, it's no pointing of a finger. That's not what you want to do. But there comes a point in time, and if it's, if it's a Facebook group and you want to take a stand, fine, that's your life. But if somebody gets on an Instagram post and says, put a boat coating on a car and a car coating over that and then another layer, and it's all about maximum protection, and you are not the guy scratching your head, you may be off the deep end a little. Because in no sense, when you say that out loud, does it make, does it make any logical sense to do that? At that point, move somebody to film. We got to understand that there's a lot of positives of ceramic coating. And I'll, I'll, I'll take this away from coatings to paint protection film. We've all seen the half hoods, the quarter hoods. If you think that's been great for the paint protection film industry, you're clueless. Cars look terrible. They get dirty. And all it does is take somebody who bought a car at a dealership with that on it. They're turned off for life because of that product. Not because of the film, but because of what film companies promoted. Hey, if somebody won't pay $1,900, you can provide this $1,300 package. And we've all seen it. Two inches of the fender covered, a bullshit bumper put on, quarter of the hood. I mean, Marty, it looks like the leather bras that we used to see on cars, and those aren't great products, right? But the paint protection film industry leaned into it. They've never stood up to it, and they've lost millions and millions and millions of customers because of that BS product. Doesn't mean that the film industry still isn't doing well. What it means is it has this chipping away effect for not doing the right thing and just covering a whole hood and doing a bumper as a package. Think about the change I just talked about. I didn't say film the whole car. Just take the film and cover the hood, dude. And if you don't have enough money to do the two side fenders and you just want to protect the hood and the bumper, that's fine. That could be a package. But why did they allow that to go on? You want to know why? Because they saw this. 
they saw that cheddar. Oh, well, you know, now we can get these people that really can't afford film and they can buy film and we're going to do this great thing. But they took this other customer, guys like me, if, if somebody did that to me and I'd be like, man, this, this, this film is ugly. This paint protection film shit, this isn't for me. If I didn't know any better, I'd be like, I'd ne- I would never buy that again. Turning off valuable customers is where we are in the ceramic world. When you light a car on fire, it, it goes at the credibility of ceramic coating. But if that's the only thing you, go, you think goes at the credibility and putting a boat coating on a car is not going at the credibility of this thing, then we're not going to see eye to eye because everything can chip away at our credibility. And because it's not thought of that, because somebody can talk about lifetime coatings now, when most people don't own their car over five years, when, when are, when are we going to have the discussion of, man, it's just not a good thing, not a good look. It'll be interesting. That's what that's, that for me is where I'm at. What, why, why can't we just say something's not, not good long-term and it's because of who everybody's tied with. They don't want to say this. They, this is where I really hope Rennie keeps to his word that he said on our podcast, you know, but it's a tough thing to put your name to what I just said. That's why people listen to us. You're right. It's tough. And I, I hope he does. You know, I hope that, I hope that we can have another discussion with him. I, He's going to have some interesting discussions from people inside the inside of, you know, know, just because somebody's a doctor. Does that mean he's right? I don't know. Like it, it's going to be really interesting when they have those face-to-face heart-to-heart conversations when he has said that that's bullshit. Right. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I I wish him the best. But you know what comes to people's head? You know this, Marty. What came to his head was this fringe company he was thinking about. Because that's the problem. We've gotten into the habit of the boogeyman. This guy running ads on YouTube, he's the problem, right? F11's the problem. I'm not saying they aren't a problem, but they aren't the fundamental problem in the professional world. It's these other people who are very reputable companies telling you there's a lifetime coding. Like I couldn't put lifetime on anything that we did at HyperClean without laughing and being like, Marty, we can't write that. Like that's, that's just crazy talk, but I could tell you that Trey will be on the surface the rest of your life. If you don't polish it off, that's a fact because there's bonding agents that'll keep some semblance of that coding for the rest of your life. That's, that's, that's where we're at folks. That's the game that's being played and not by fringe people in the ceramic world. They aren't fringe. They're reputable companies that you and others are choosing to do business with. That's your right. It's your money. But if you're also on the other side, and this is the part everyone's going to leave out of my statement. If you're on the other side talking about how dare somebody light a car on fire, but you're doing business with a guy who's saying ceramic coating lifetime, there, there isn't any difference. The fire just gets you, the, the lighting of the car just gets you pissed off. But it, it really isn't much different than the other things we've explained here today, in my viewpoint. Well, well, so community, hey, listen, the challenge has been given by Rennie in that episode. We've started the conversation. 
And now we're excited to hear of the different conversations that he has. We're excited yeah. to hear of the people that we reach out to to have come on to the podcast so that we can talk about their lifetime coatings. We're excited about the way group buzzes are going to start happening as we begin to chop away at the bullshit in the industry. There's no doubt that the community is up for it. The community's headstrong. We're ready to go because we know that we're in the right spot on this. There's, there's no doubt about it that we have chosen the right path. And everybody that's here with us, listen, we're excited about being on the journey with us together. Uh, it's, yep. it's amazing when you've picked out the right thing years ago and it begins to continue to unfold that you're doing the right thing. The right thing for the customer, the right thing for the process, the right thing for the industry, and the right thing for the purpose in growing your business. Doing it the right way Listen, it's the longest tail in business. And that's why you and I, you know, it's why we continue uh, to keep going. It, you know, it was, it was explained very well to me and I'll leave everybody with this. It isn't that it's about right and wrong. Well, when you start having a conversation about customers that get their car detailed, your decision will be a lot different than what most people think. When you talk about that particular car that's in your shop with somebody like us and we walk through, how are they going to drive it? How long are they going to own it? How much do they care? How much are they willing to pay? You always come to a very different answer than boat coating and lighting it on fire. That's what makes it. This isn't really opinion. If anybody's touched as many cars and there's plenty of people that have, as I have, just like you have, just like a bunch of detailers listening to us. If you start thinking from the customer backwards, I think the ceramic market would be in a lot better place, a lot different place, maybe not better or worse or whatever, but a different place. And if we, if we start thinking about the customer and, and you can't tell me 5% of our customers need a lifetime coding, then what's a lifetime coding there for? Great point, man. Great point. Right. Nick, good talk, brother. Uh, Enjoy your day and uh, talk again next talk week. Talk to you guys soon. All right, See bro. Ya. Hey, this is Marshall, and I know you got a lot out of that. That was a great episode. And what do you need to do? I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to let you answer that question for yourself. What do you need to do? Do you need to look in the mirror and make some changes? Hey, if so, reach out to us. We'd love to help you out. Do you need to go into some groups and let some people know about their lifetime or their boat coatings? Not being the best for our industry. Hey, we're happy to support you in that too. However, we can help push you forward and encourage you in your business and in your growth. We're happy to do that. This is Marshall. Make it a great day.